0: And I'm telling you, from this day forward, you are not to spend one more diggy diggy day day to diggy diggy day day sitting on your couch playing PlayStation and streaming Netflix. Oh, no. We're not playing to the cheap seats anymore. That's a losing mindset. Get off that couch and kiss it. Good bye-bye. bye Amen, sister. Get a good job and work your ass off. Then take your earnings and go be your own boss. Boss. Mentality. Mindset. Preach, Preach I shall. Build a business. Invest your profits into crypto. No wait, too risky. GameStop. No wait, too volatile. IPOs and SPACs. No wait, too speculative. Put it in the bank. No wait, they don't pay any interest. Just hold your cash. Don't work yourself to death. Sell your company and buy a big Big home with a big big couch to stuff the money in and rest your big old butt on that big-ass couch in the big-ass empire you built and enjoy life a little. Play some Xbox. Stream some Hulu. You've earned it. Now that's a big old (laughs) mindset. Mindset. You, you're going to invent the next crypto DeFi blockchain app for mac and cheese recipes. You, you're going to become senior vice president of a major media company in Greenland. And I know you, in the fourth row, didn't ask, but you're going to build a social network with no images, no text, or logins. And me, I'm going to lay on a couch with Zoe Saldana and rehearse my lines to our next sequel, because that's my mindset. Oh, look, that's Zoe in the front right here. Now she has a front row. Mindset, mindset, mindset. Good night, folks. <laughs> mindset, 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 mindset. Nice. Testing, testing, checking. Design Your decade an interactive podcast for the modern professional. Welcome to your journey to the C-suite.
1: Welcome to another episode of the DYD Podcast, your mini masterclass in career-building greatness. I'm Roseanne Santos, bilingual keynote speaker, certified Gallup Strengths Coach, executive trainer, and overall nice person. But yesterday you said tomorrow. So what's your f***ing excuse today? But I digress.
0: And I'm Rio Rocket, motivational speaker, marketing and brand strategist, actor, entrepreneur. And to summarize the goal of the topic today, we are going to crush procrastination. How do you kill procrastination? With discipline and setting do or die consequences. And to do that, we're going to use the principles from the masters of ultimate discipline. Have you ever heard of the marathon monks of Central Japan? If you haven't traveled recently, we're going on a journey. In Central Japan, on a mountain called Mount Hiei, there's a group of monks called the Tendai Buddhist monks who practice extreme self-discipline, self-denial, and mental and physical exertion to achieve enlightenment. Essentially, they get stuff done. For hundreds of years, they've been running a marathon challenge called the Kaihogyo, which means circling the mountain in Japanese. The Kaihogyo takes 1,000 days to complete over a seven year span. The monks who embark on this challenge in year one run 30 kilometers per day, about 18 miles, for 100 straight days. In year two, again run 30 kilometers per day for 100 straight days. In year three, again 30 kilometers. 100 straight days. But in year four, 30 kilometers per day for 200 straight days. And again in year five, they run 30 kilometers per day for 200 straight days. After the fifth year of running, the monk must go for nine days straight without any food, water, or rest. Two monks stand beside to watch him so he doesn't fall asleep. Then, in year six, the monk must run 60 kilometers about 37 miles per day for 100 straight days. And in year seven, the monk must run 84 kilometers, about 52 miles per day for 100 straight days. But it's not over yet. For the final 100 days of year seven, he must run another 30 kilometers per day. It's the equivalent of running around the entire earth. So what keeps the monk so motivated during this entire time? Well, aside from them believing this is their path to enlightenment, they set do-or-die consequences. If the monk fails, they must end their own life. You heard me right. If the monk fails the challenge, the consequence is death. Now, there's a caveat. The monk can quit the Kaihogyo for the first 100 days. But from day 101 and on, there is no quitting. From day 101 the monk will either successfully complete the remainder of the seven years or take his own life. There's no second chance. There's no, I'll try and I'll do it later. It's do or die. Insert scream emoji. Yes, I know that's pretty drastic, but let's draw upon the underlying principles here without killing ourselves. Staying with the story of the marathon monks, let's see how we can frame our own goals, so we're more motivated and disciplined to get it done, whatever it currently is. If a Tendai Buddhist monk was told on day one to go run 36,000 kilometers, how many would complete the challenge successfully in seven years? Likely no one. The marathon monks don't approach the Kaihogyo as one entire challenge, but a series of smaller bite-sized challenges with non-negotiable daily deadlines. Would you rather take on a 1,000-foot-tall Godzilla in one day or one one-foot-tall tiny Godzilla once a day for 1,000 days? Okay, the point. Instead of setting one big monstrous goal and asking yourself one, two, or three years later, did I hit my goal? Break it up into daily pieces that are non-negotiable but also manageable enough to realistically get done. Think about how you approach other things you normally do. You know it's easier to run two miles a day for 100 days than it is to run 200 miles straight. It's easier to clean one room in your house a day than to clean the entire house the day you're having guests over. So break your goals up into a series of smaller challenges and give them multi-layered consequences. I'll give you an example. It's Monday. It's Monday. You have a 15-page report, paper, or proposal to prepare by Friday 6 p.m. What a drag. There's nothing fun about that. But you got to get it done. So let's set fun yet challenging deadlines. And the consequence of the deadline will be threefold to provide several layers of motivation. Okay, it'll take completing three pages a day over five days to complete a 15-page report. Your do or die consequences will be, if I don't finish the first three pages by 4 p.m. today, I have to do 250 push-ups. If I don't finish the first three pages by 5 p.m. today, I have to also tell my friend that was keeping me accountable that I failed. And if I don't finish the first three pages by 6 p.m. today, I must also give my friend $100. Those are your consequences for Monday. Tuesday will be the same set of consequences by 6 p.m. And each day, so on and so on. Bottom line is that by Friday, if you don't hold yourself accountable and meet your deadlines, you're on the business end of giving up 1,250 push-ups, five admissions of failure, and making your friend $500 richer. And whatever else the consequence of not having that paper or report complete is, For many people, that is a fate similar to death. But nevertheless, a powerful way to motivate yourself to make consistent progress in reaching your goal.
1: You know what that sound means?
0: Top five tiny tips to stop your procrastinating ways.
1: Figure out your ideal scheduling system. Is it a big calendar on the wall, an app on your phone, or a whiteboard in your bathroom? Whatever it is, put it to use. Write your deadlines and goals in big, bold letters
0: and get to work. Once you have that system in place, Don't just add due dates. Work backwards from the due date to set milestones. The easiest example is that annoying report. Having only the due date on your schedule is not enough. You have to set dates for the prep work, the research, the writing of the draft, the revisions, and the final draft. Get it?
1: Slow and steady wins the race. The best example here is weight loss. You will never lose 50 pounds in one month in time for that wedding you're attending. Not only is it practically impossible, it would be extremely unhealthy and even deadly. One to two pounds a week is the average. Instead of going cold turkey and saying, I will never eat bread again, say, okay, I'll eat bread six days out of seven. Hey, it's that one less day that counts. That is a realistic goal. Or, I am trying to do more push-ups. I am going to do five every morning. Trust me, over time, you will be able to remove two days of bread or add 10 push-ups per day and keep going from there.
0: Reward yourself with the accomplished milestones. I will take a little nap or binge on three episodes of my favorite streaming show if I accomplish my milestone by the due date.
1: Remove distractions. If you are trying to write a paper, turn off the phone and let your people know that a certain time slot is off limits. Make sure you use the restroom, fill the water bottle and have a light snack around you so you don't use those things as excuses for procrastinating and getting up from your chair.
0: Bonus tip. When it comes to going to work, pick out your outfit the night before. Trust me. It will give you a solid 15 to 20 minutes extra in the morning. What would you do with those 15 minutes? You can sleep, finally get to work on time, or prepare a nice lunch instead of spending money in the city.
1: What's the psychology behind procrastination anyway? How do we even get into that mindset? We typically procrastinate because we think it's less painful to procrastinate. But when you make the consequences more painful than getting it done, suddenly the task seems easier to complete and much more pleasant. Tim Urban did a TED Talk called Inside the Mind of a Master Procrastinator. When he was in college, he was a government major and had a lot of papers to write. He would also tell himself he'd start early on his papers and spread the work out to prevent waiting until the last minute. But every paper ended up being done the night before. Then came his 90-page senior thesis that you're supposed to spend a year on. His normal workflow just wouldn't work for a project this large. So he'd start off light and bump up in the middle and then plan to kick it into high gear toward the end. This would look like a staircase if you were tracking his progress in a graph. He thought, how hard can it be to walk up the stairs? So the first few months, he couldn't quite find the motivation to get much done. In the middle months, he then came up with what he describes as an awesome newly revised plan, but still nothing done, which turned into two months left, one month, two weeks and finally three days until the deadline and not one word was written so what did he do he wrote 90 pages over 72 hours pulling two all-nighters sprinted across campus and literally just met the deadline the result a very bad thesis he believes there is a rational decision maker in your brain at the wheel that wants you to get the work done but the instant gratification monkey takes the wheel and steers you toward the YouTube rabbit holes, Facebook and TikTok viral videos that want everything to be easy and fun. The instant gratification monkey wants to do whatever makes sense right now. He doesn't see that it makes more sense to do what's harder right now so that things are easier and fun in the future. Like not pulling a 72-hour double all-nighter three days before your paper is due. Take a picture of yourself smiling and caption it, me when I get my paper or report done early. And then take one of yourself looking miserable and caption it, me when I wait until the last minute. Look at these two photos in your phone every day. It's a powerful and funny reminder, but whatever it takes to get you motivated, no matter how silly it may seem, The only thing that is silly is unnecessarily suffering the consequences of something you could very easily have completed had you just gotten started today. As Tim puts it in his Ted talk, long-term procrastination can make you feel like a spectator in your own life. Doing it over and over constantly won't just ensure you won't be able to achieve your dreams. It will ensure you won't even be able to start chasing them. Act before you are acted upon. When I was in college, I was a notorious procrastinator, leaving all of my assignments to the last minute just like Tim. Can you guess what the consequence was? I had to spend an extra semester paying tuition. I was my own worst enemy. I thought I had all the time in the world, especially in my early 20s. There was so much I wanted to do, like hanging out, partying, and hanging out some more. I paid the price. You think four years is all the time in the world, and four and a half years was a lot more money. I wish I would have set up some serious repercussions for not getting my work done. Learn from my mistakes. Learn from Tim's and my mistakes. Set do or die consequences and get started today. No excuses.
0: Health tip of the day. The seven types of rest we all need. Ever get to the point where you're constantly drained, fatigued, tired, and even increasing your sleep doesn't seem to help? The reason for this is that although sleep and rest are close cousins, they're not the same. You're not well-rested simply from getting sleep alone. There are seven types of rest that we all need to get back to a well-rested, refreshed, re-energized state that we all wanna be in. The first type of rest is physical rest, which includes the passive modes of sleeping and taking naps. The active modes of physical rest are yoga, stretching, and massage therapy, that improve your flexibility and circulation. The second is mental rest. The person who doesn't get mental rest is the one who is constantly thinking and overthinking. They never let their brain come to rest and their mind is full of chatter. Learn to quiet your brain through meditation or listening to soft music and headphones to support your mental rest. The third is sensory rest. This means unplugging from digital screens, background noise, and even verbal conversation. Zoom fatigue is now a common condition created by a lack of sensory rest the fourth is creative rest for anyone who is always creating new ideas and content solving problems and brainstorming sometimes you have to give it a rest go watch a sunset over the ocean go hiking walk or sit in the park or lay out in a hammock in your backyard once every week or so to support your creative rest the fifth is emotional rest This is simply space and time away from anything that triggers you emotionally. You can also support emotional rest by practicing to not have a strong emotional response to things. The sixth is social rest. To support this, you don't have to create distance or take time away from people and social interactions. You can choose to surround yourself with more positive people who you're more comfortable and relaxed around. People who inspire you and give you energy It's the energy drainers who are sapping your energy sometimes. The seventh and final type of rest is spiritual rest. This is your innate ability to connect beyond a physical and mental plane to create a deeper feeling of purpose, acceptance, belonging, and love. This can be supported both alone and in mass with others who share similar spiritual beliefs, practices, and energies. So the next time you're not feeling restored by eight hours of sleep every night, come back to this episode and review the seven types of rest to take inventory of which you may not be getting enough of. Rest assured, more rest equals your best self. And that's our health tip of the day. For LinkedIn services to boost that LinkedIn profile, executive coaching for those in corporate structures, or creative coaching for those in creative fields, contact us at coaching at designyourdecade.io. For podcast-related correspondence, contact us at podcast at designyourdecade.io. And we'd love for you to rate our podcast, subscribe and share on your favorite podcasting platform. And I want your full commitment today that you get off that couch, go out, and change the world so you can lay on a bigger, better couch tomorrow. Mindset. (laughs) Mindset. (laughs) Mindset. 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 Mindset.